0: What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Radulescu, with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. As always, bringing incredible guests from all over the world. So sit back, relax, and tune in. My next guest is Parsi Origin, born in London, but raised in North India. She is a banking and financial professional, but now an author. Please welcome Farah. Farah, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me on the show. Really happy to be here. So, what you are in India now? I'm actually in Dubai. In uh, Dubai, Dubai. read
0: that. Yeah, Yeah. I love Dubai. You know what? I have the most incredible guests. You guys make me want to travel the world and come visit (laughs) you. And like, you know, it's just amazing. What take? I think
1: that's the beauty. Exactly. I'm meeting yourself and other sort of folks around the world, and it's just amazing how we bridge this distance so seamlessly on the screen i
0: know it's pretty cool yeah very 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 cool um well thank you for joining us today and i kind of want to kick things off with your book your book was um inspired by a a tragedy that happened to you with your mother so can you kind of like lead us up to that moment and what then what transpired for you to write the book
1: sure um So as as you alluded, my mother, um, she lost her life in India, but before we probably even get to the heart of the story, it's my mother was this very larger than life character. She lived a rather sort of unconventional life in a small town in Northern India where we come from. Um, RCs are part of India and yet we have a very distinct identity, a cultural identity. And My mother trained as a lawyer and where everyone would wear saris or kurtas, which is the more traditional outfit. My mother would stride town in trousers mm. and her lawyer's outfit, smoking cigarettes, oh. and decided to separate from my father, you know, back in the 70s, where it definitely was not the norm. Like divorce no. was not commonplace in this little town. And she chose to do things on her own terms, then would always sort of not be too concerned about what people said about her. And I, as a child, wanted to fit in. And I would sort of say to her, mom, if you're coming to the parent-teacher meeting, can you just dress a little bit, you know, more in tune with what everyone else might be wearing? She she would be like, you cannot stop people talking any more than you can stop dogs barking. So I know it sounds a little bit harsh, but it's kind of, she was living a life unapologetically and encouraging me to do so. And I think that's a lesson that's come to me much later in life. Um, I have more, if you like respect for conventional wisdom, but the whole social norms bit, you know, that bit, I just, it's like, it's not for me, but she was very conscious of social norms as well at the same time as being unconventional. So it was this very interesting mix. Um, and as you mentioned, I was born in London, and then when I was four, my mother, we went back to India to see my maternal grandmother, um, supposedly for a month or two over the winter months, and then my mother made the choice to separate from my father, who was having an affair, and she found out. So we stayed, and we stayed for 14 years. Um, as it happened, and as a child, you don't, you know, that time parenting it was not we sit you down and let you know what's going on, you just sort of roll with the punches. So I was educated in Northern India in a convent that my mother also attended. That's where life, you know, that's the life I knew growing up. Growing up, And it gave me such a great platform to understand different cultures and to understand the different nuances. So we fast forward. I grew up age 18. I moved to London. I then built my career in banking and finance. I moved to Dubai. Um, And I was in Dubai when I got a phone call back in 2006 to let me know. So it was the middle of the night. You know, I was groggy, sleepy, and my stepfather called to say my mother had been shot. Um, It was a case of, I'd like to think wrong place, wrong time. Um, She intervened and intercepted some youths who were behaving badly with my sister-in-law. And in India, there's this, um, it's quite, prevalent, um, and yet we don't seem to be able to address it where young men feel they can make remarks, lewd remarks, or gestures or comments at young girls. And it's not just catcalling. It can be a little bit more than that and very predatory um, to the point where women feel unsafe and just walking at and you you don't know, think twice about it. Um, and so my mom, being the person she was, she stepped out, asked them to apologize, asked them, you know, if they thought they were behaving appropriately. And there were four of them and what she didn't know at the time or one of us knew was they were intoxicated and there was possibly some substances being used as well. So they ran off and the one who hadn't apologized turned around, came back and took out a gun and shot my mother at very close range. Um, And obviously the, the impact of that, you know, there was bodily wounds and she was taken to the hospital immediately. But Lucknow couldn't deal with that sort of Serious injuries. So she was all left to Delhi, which is the capital of India. And I flew from Dubai into India. Um, She survived for 25 days and was coherent and awake. And even though she had a uh, tracheotomy, um, she was gesticulating and communicating, not necessarily speaking, but communicating. Um, And she said, if the same thing, I was in the same situation again, I would do the same. That was her spirit. Um, and then unfortunately the internal wounds were so severe that there was internal bleeding and she didn't make it through Um, and that's how we lost her and then I think the book is to pay homage to her it's told her legacy and not just the end and how she ended but her whole life you know and this entire this brilliant personality that she was and it wasn't so much a conscious decision or I want to sit down and write about my mother it was just sitting words coming and I didn't know if I had the gift to tell a story or if there was something to be shared and you know I shared it with a few sort of trusted friends and advice, and they encouraged me and I kept writing and many years later many reviews, revisions, rejections later uh, the book is here um, but it, it's been a labor of love and it's been quite a journey to bring it to life um, but I'm super happy to be able to share it with you.
0: Yes. What a a beautiful way to honor her memory. Thank you. And she sounds like an amazing woman, just like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, completely not in her time, you know, just like paving, paving the path for women of today that are really just living life on their own terms. And I love that, you know. Yeah. My mom is a little bit of a, a, you know, an independent crazy soul herself and I get a lot of that strength and that boldness from her. I can't imagine what it would be like to write a book on her memory. That had to be kind of cathartic.
1: Definitely. So as part of the grief sort of process as I was going through it and trying to make sense of it, I went for counseling and they encouraged us to write our feelings. So I was not always journal. So writing was kind of, part and parcel of it but as I was typing the story there are parts of it that you know the box of tissues had to be really close by and I went through quite a few and it definitely helped me release some of the emotion and so now I can talk about it without the emotional charge so they say you tell the story different when you're here right right um so I can narrate it without the welling up of the emotion necessarily and I can Think of her and their happy memories, and I can laugh at an incident that occurred. And it's not all centered around her passing, uh, which is, I think, the point I needed to be able to get to before I could share it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, she in on your website. There is she had a saying that she used to live by, and can you share that with us?
1: Sure. Um, so she. Typically, if I was complaining to her about something, she would say, just remember, you chose this. And I'm like, I'm fairly sure I did not choose whatever was going on. Yes. Um, and she said, we choose our lives for the lessons we will learn. Um, and that was something as a young, younger individual, I struggled with. And I was like, I'm really sure this was not my choice or my doing. But as we get older, I find myself reflecting that if I had not had a particular ch- any child, whether it was you know, I faced redundancy or I faced grief or I faced a divorce, would I be the person I am today? Would I have learned or would that aspect of my personality have come to the full? You know, would it have been allowed to blossom or that strength come through that you need to get over whatever the challenge is? So there is truth in it. Um, and we all, you know, they say there's no such thing as coincidences. We need people, our parts are meant to cross um and we learn the lessons and we grow from it. You can choose to become embittered or, you know, wallow in the whatever the challenge is, but if you can find the strength and find that little bit of wisdom that's buried in there and helps you to grow and you to channel whatever the emotion is, then I feel you come out stronger and better for it.
0: Yeah, for sure. I would totally agree. Um what a beautiful what a beautiful like idea for people to to adopt into their lives. You know, I agree with that. Like, <laughs> the cho- <laughs> we, we in the moment we not might not want to accept that we're making the choice to do what we're doing and then learn the lesson later. But really, when you hindsight and you look back, and it's just like, wow, I had to learn that. I made a choice, and I have to like. I mean, you have to just you have to be take responsibility for the choices you make, and that that's where the lesson comes in. If you made a
1: good or a bad choice, right? Right. The consequences to everything, right? So oh, yeah. it's you have to, you know, a part of adulting is knowing that if you make a choice, as you say, good or bad, there's going to be a consequence and a knock on impact that you have to take in your stride and roll on, you know, just learn from it and keep going.
0: Yeah, for sure. What's the name of the book?
1: The book is called Meher and Me. Um, So, my mother's name was Meher. So, it's about her and me. I'm more the spectator in this journey because as a child, there wasn't much to say in what was going on. Um, But it shows the evolution of it's a mother daughter story at the heart Mm -hmm. of it, right? So, which I'm sure uh, your listeners would relate to, uh, whether mother daughter or mother child. And it's and it's all the facets. It's not always all rosy, right? And mom, having separated from my dad and divorced. there was, you know, a little bit of angst as a teenager. We wrote that wave, you know, when I had my daughter. You then realize that mother's love, how unconditional it is, regardless of how it's delivered. Mm. Um, and it sort of completes that cycle. And it brings home the fact that you can't replace. And there is no substitute for that. Um, So it shows it and then how, yes, we lost her, but how I want to honor her um, and the strength that she had and her legacy of, you know, standing up for what you believe is right, regardless of the personal consequences in a way, because she paid dearly um, for standing up for what she thought would be the right thing to do.
0: Yeah, I was wondering, like, how was she accepted in your society there where you lived. I mean, if she was definitely breaking the barriers of what the norm was, like wearing saris and in India, things are very traditional, even today. So for her to not follow those traditions had to be very interesting for her during that time.
1: So she was born 1947, which is the year India gained independence from the Brits, right? So there was this whole generation that's filled with this sort of zest for life and all her friends. You know, they live these larger than life sort of um, just their journeys are so interesting because each of them have taken these sort of uncharted courses. But mom was really loved because she had grown up in town. So everyone knew her from when she was a child. And she had always been flamboyant and always been, you know, not bucking the norm, so to speak. And she had so many best friends like everyone claims mom was her best friend and that's how she made Uh people feel so it's genuine it's not like they're putting it on and I was at a function recently standing with one of my mother's friends who was very close to her and we met this lady for the first time and she said oh you know Neher was my best friend and I'm like I'm sure she was I've never met you but I'm sure she was you know because that was how she related to people everyone felt they were super close to her. Um and she had this warmth and this sort of non-judgmental approach to life. She didn't judge. Um, she was open and anyone slightly left up center, she loved. You know, we would she would gather them all um at our home. Um and love spirituality. So every traveling sort of holy man would be called in, you know, charts, astrology charts pulled out, uh, palm reading, anything like that esoteric, she was a big fan of and Gave that love to me as well. I think, wow. um, but yeah, she she was embraced. I think her entire personality was embraced.
0: That's amazing. So growing up though was uncomfortable for you, but now hindsight, looking back, it's probably something that you value very much.
1: I do like it as a child, different story. But as an yeah. adult, in, India is where my heart is, and it's in Technicolor. You know the the memories the thoughts the dreams are all very very sort of vivid and in color um and now i find myself sort of exhibiting similar behaviors you know probably like, like i ex- am <laughs> like i am drawn to something that's not exactly cookie cutter or doesn't you know that isn't the norm i Label like free. exactly exactly <laughs> And it's like, you know, when you go on a website and they ask you to categorize yourself in terms of your ethnicity, and I always choose other because I don't want to be labeled as any one thing. And to be honest, I don't fit any of the labels that they put in there. So I agree. We are label free. We are the sum of our parts. We don't have to be you know, categorized as one narrow niche person, characteristic, personality type.
0: I love it. Yeah. I love it. What's one thing that you want people, and this book is about selling, you're a best-selling author, I read on your website. What's one thing that you want the, the takeaway from your book when people read it?
1: I'd love people to be hopeful. I think, you know, there is, all of us are going to face something in life, you know, some sort of challenge, some sort of grief, some sort of hardship. Um, And I think it's about finding the tools that work for you. You know, in the book, I talk about yoga. I talk about my love of baking, food, and other aspects that I might have used to help you. So everyone will find what works for them. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Find a tribe that supports you and has your back and people you can sort of be yourself with and let the emotions flow with. Um, And find the joy in the small things, you know, the gratitude, the thankful for the small things and everything else, you know, builds from there. I
0: love it. It's beautiful. Where can people purchase the book, learn more about you, and support you, Farah?
1: Thank you. Um, so, website, as you mentioned, Um, There are pictures and photographs so people get a glimpse of the world I'm talking about. Hopefully, um, there's a link on there to purchase the book directly from Amazon or any other online uh, retailer. And on Instagram, far.press so they can come along see the journey. Um, would love to hear feedback and comments and if the story touches your listeners and resonates with them, would love for them to share it with somebody else who might need to hear it at the same time.
0: Excellent. You guys will put those links in the show notes, so don't hesitate to go give her a follow on Instagram and go check out her website and read a little bit more about story and most certainly purchase the book. I'm sure you will be very moved by the the memory she shares of her mother. Pharaoh, this is the part of the show where I like to ask for last words of wisdom or advice. What would you like to leave with us today?
1: I would say um, trust the process, right? Trust yourself. Trust your instincts. Trust the process. Um, they say the universe doesn't give you more than you can handle. So you definitely can handle whatever's coming your way and you'll come out stronger from
0: it. Ooh, I like that. Yes, beautiful words of wisdom. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing your story and sharing the memory of your mother. I think it's so beautiful. And um, yeah, I think she's up wherever she's at, smiling down and just loving you from afar and embracing everything that you're doing with your life. So thank you very
1: much. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. You guys, this is your host, Deanna Radulescu. Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. As always, don't forget to subscribe, follow, rate, review, comment, share, all those good things. And I'll be back soon with more dynamic guests.